Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea, it's required. I'm your host, J.R. Briggs. And one of the elements of this podcast that I'd like to begin to introduce is stories, stories of resilience. So on occasion, I'm going to feature brief stories of people who've shown resilience in the midst of difficulty or uncertain times. And I want to start with the story of Steve Kerr. If you're a basketball fan, you know the name Steve Kerr. He was an NBA player, a commentator, general manager, and now he's currently an NBA coach. He won an astounding eight, that's right, eight NBA championships, five titles as a player, three as a coach. He won three championships playing for the Chicago Bulls with a guy you may have heard of before by the name of Michael Jordan and two with the San Antonio Spurs. He's also won three as a head coach of the Golden State Warriors, maybe more to come. He was never an all-star, but he was a pure role player and did a great job. He could shoot the lights out of the arena. He still holds the highest career three-point shooting percentage in the NBA, just above 45%, and the second highest three-point percentage for a season at just over 52%. That's unbelievable. But I don't want to talk about his NBA career. I want to talk about something that happened in college when he played for the University of Arizona, the Arizona Wildcats. Kerr was born in Beirut, Lebanon. His father, Malcolm Kerr, was a scholar who specialized in Middle Eastern affairs. His father was the president of the American University of Beirut, and when Kerr was a freshman guard at Arizona, Islamic terrorists forced their way into his father Malcolm's office on the campus in Beirut and shot and killed him. In 19, 1988, while warming up before the start of a game against Arizona's in-state rival, Arizona State, the ASU fans chanted PLO, PLO, which is the name of the terrorist organization that killed his father, and also chanted, your father's history, your father's history. I can't think of a crueler thing than any that any fans have ever directed toward, towards an opposing player. It's awful. It's just awful. Kerr was so rattled by what he heard during warmups before the game that he had to leave the floor and go to the bench. He was stunned. He was shaken. He began to cry. And yet, in the midst of all of that, he pulled himself together after a few minutes. He regained composure and he dropped 22 points on Arizona State, 20 in the first half, making all six of his three point attempts and leading Arizona to a win. That's the stuff that makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. That is resilience. That is inspiring. And that's why I have so much respect and admiration for Steve Kerr. Just one of the many reasons. But switching gears, I want to talk briefly about pace. As I've coached various leaders the past few weeks through this pandemic, many are struggling to know what pace they need to run as a leader. A handful of the leaders have said to me, What's hardest is not the intensity and the uncertainty. They've said the hardest is not knowing how long the intensity and the uncertainty will last. Is it a few more weeks, a few more months, several years? This is such a great question that leaders are wrestling with right now. How do we know how to pace ourselves when we don't know how long the race will be? How do we know how to pace ourselves when we don't know how long the race will be. That reminds me of the time several years ago when my family ran a 5K race in Ann Arbor, Michigan. My in-laws used to live near Ann Arbor and our family is made up of Michigan fans. Go blue. 
there was a 10K, a 5K, and a one-mile fun run that day. The race started outside of Michigan Stadium, the largest stadium in the country. And the course had us run through town. And then the finish line was right through the player's tunnel onto the field. And the finish line, the tape was at the maize and blue block M at the 50-yard line inside the stadium. With each runner, as you ran through, you could see yourself up on the jumbotron as you crossed the finish line. Now, I don't really like running. I can do a few non-competitive 5Ks a year, but as a Michigan fan, I was pumped to do this. At 8 a.m., the starting gun went off, and our family, along with thousands of others, took off for the 5K. Toward the end of the race, I could see the stadium in front of me. I was tired, but I looked at my watch and noticed that I was right on pace, that this is about when I should be entering the stadium. And then just like that, the course turned sharply to the right and was going away from the stadium. I was sure the 5K was coming to an end. Why were we going away from the stadium? I knew it ended inside the stadium. I could see it there. And yet when we turned, the stretch was for at least another mile of a straightaway stretch leading away from the stadium. I was so confused. As I ran and I couldn't understand what was going on, I saw a course marshal on the side of the course and I ran up and said, isn't the 5K coming to an end? This seems to be longer than it should be. And I'll never forget it. She looked at me with a snarky look on her face and she said, this is the 10K. The 5K starts at 8.30. (laughs) I was in the wrong race. We had unknowingly signed up for the wrong race. At that point, I was exhausted because I had emptied my physical tank in order to end inside the stadium only to find that I had to run another 5K. I was demoralized, mentally and emotionally exhausted. I would have quit if it weren't for the finish line at the 50-yard line, so I pushed through to the end. And I did it, but it was painful. And by the next morning, I literally fell out of bed because my legs wouldn't work. And that's the story of the time when I ran an accidental 10K. By the way, don't you think that would be a great name for a band, accidental 10K? But I digress. In many ways, this is what leaders are feeling right now. They thought they were signing up for a 5K, but instead of leading their people through a relatively short but intense time that would just last a handful of weeks, leaders have now found themselves in this new reality reality to be a lot longer than they imagined. They're exhausted, and maybe you're one of them. So what are we to do in light of this reality? What are we to do? What pace are we to run when we don't know when the finish line will be? First, I want to give you three things. First, imagine the race is a marathon. Not a 5K, not a 10K, not a half marathon. I want you to imagine that this leadership race is a marathon. And the best thing that you can do is to imagine this race is longer than you think it is. Of course, I wish that I had thought it was a 10K and only discovered it was a 5K, but that wasn't my experience. It was the opposite. One of the pieces of advice that I give leaders who I coach is this, don't sprint the marathon. Don't sprint the marathon. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And our pace is very important. So the goal is not to get through this pandemic. The goal is that you build up your resilient resilience muscle, that you're healthy and whole, growing and maturing for the next several decades so that over the long haul, no matter what is thrown at you, you can still be healthy and whole. What does that mean? That means you slowing down your pace to the pace of a marathon. 
to have a leadership pace as if you're in it for the long haul. So we don't give up, but certain, and certainly we push ourselves, but we must think with a long-term point of view. Now, you may be thinking, but JR, one problem, I'm not a marathon runner. I've never trained for a marathon. I've never run a marathon. I don't even want to run a marathon. That leads me to point number two, that run when you can, walk when you need. As a leader, run when you can, walk when you need. Run for a while and then walk. And when you're ready, you can start running again. It's okay to take breaks. In fact, without them, you may just injure yourself long-term and nobody wants that for you. If you're exhausted and you need to say to yourself, I'm going to run for five minutes and then I'm going to walk for two. Run for five, walk for two. As a leader, do it. If it means that you run for 100 yards and walk for 50 yards, run for 100, walk for 50, that's fine. Go for it. The goal is that you finish the race, not just start it. But find a pace that works for you so that you can be in this for the long haul and take breaks. And then lastly, look for others to encourage in the race. Now, as I mentioned, I'm not a good runner. I run just a couple of non-competitive 5Ks a year. I start out great thinking this is awesome. I get about halfway through and I go, why did I sign up for this? I do it because I know it's good for me, but I don't like running at all. So when I get into a 5K and I get winded, there's something I have to do to take myself, my, my thoughts off of myself and onto other people. So I find myself encouraging others. I say, way to go, bib number 457. You're doing great. Keep going, lady. You're almost there. If I see a 12-year-old running, I'll say, good job, buddy. You've got this. Now, you may think that sounds pretty trite or petty, but here's the secret. I have no idea if it helps them at all, but it always helps me. I somehow find encouragement and strength and more resolve to finish when I'm encouraging others. So look for others in this leadership marathon that you can proactively and purposefully encourage in their journey. Every Monday, I write three handwritten encouraging notes for leaders and I throw them in the mail. Sure, I enjoy encouraging other leaders through this, but you know what? I find encouragement through it myself. Try it. It works. When you begin to encourage other people, it's amazing how it puts wind in your sails as well. So how do we be resilient leaders who run in a race where we don't know when or where the finish line is? Number one, pace yourself as if it's a marathon. Number two, run when you can, walk when you need. It's okay to take breaks. And number three, look for other leaders and other people who you can encourage. It'll help to encourage you as well. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Check out the show notes for resources as well as information on how you can contact me. And if we can partner with you and your leadership or your leadership team to help you navigate the new reality, let's talk. Thanks to those of you who've left a review uh, for us. If you haven't done so, would you do us a favor? Would you drop a review where you listen to your podcast? If it would just take you 45 seconds and would help us tremendously. This podcast is produced by the ingenious Joel Limbowen at On A Limb Productions. Visit On A Limb Productions. That's On A Limb, L-I-M-B, On A Limb Productions, the dot com for all of your video and podcast needs. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. 